Today we conclude our series on the Order of the Solar Temple. Struggling with legal issues, the loss of their charismatic light shows, and growing media attention, Joseph DiMambro and Luke Charest scramble to figure out an exit plan. They finally decided it was time to transit to another world. This mass exodus led to the suicide and murder of over 50 people in one night in October 1994. But the suicides didn't stop there. They continued through 1998. Finally, with DiMambro and Jurey gone, in 2001, one man was placed under arrest and blamed for these deaths. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you liked part one of this story, stick around. You're sure to be flushed with excitement as we plop out number two. This is Necronomapod. A French police helicopter spotted the charred bodies in a forest near Grenoble early this morning. 500 officers were involved in the manhunt. It began on Friday when cars were found in the forest belonging to cult members. The 16 burned bodies were discovered this morning a couple of kilometers from the parking lot. A French prosecutor says three children are among the dead. He says it's possible some of the victims were shot to death. Some weapons were found at the site. Their bodies were found lying in a star formation with their feet in the middle. Authorities say brush and trees stacked up around the clearing were likely used to light the bodies on fire. All right, so we're going to change this up. We're going to be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, PG-13 tonight with my, right. uh, my, okay. my opening question. So for both of you guys, I propose to you, you can have a dinner with three other people. Mm. One of them has to be a living professional athlete. One of them has to be a living actor or actress. And one of them could be any famous deceased person in history. Who are you having dinner with for four? Holy shit. That's a heavy question. What kind of question is this? I know, but it's better than the (laughs) F Mary kills. And I'll go first to buy you guys some time. I don't know if it's better. Uh, Let Hmm. me start this off by saying that race car drivers and golfers count as athletes in Mike's question. So it's alternate universe stuff. Of course. (laughs) So if I had to pick my one athlete that would be at my table, and I'm only doing going first to buy you guys some time because I knew I threw a heavy question at you. Even though you probably would both pick Tom Brady because why wouldn't you? But I would pick Jeff Gordon. Race car driver, my, one of my biggest heroes in life, as my athlete. So it can be a prior athlete. Yeah, but still alive. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, an athlete, but that is still alive. The only dead, you have to reserve one dead right. one for the end. They, they can be a retired athlete. You could pick Michael Jordan. You can pick right. Wayne Gretzky, you know, one of the retired people. Peyton Manning. Uh, Jeff Gordon. But thank you, Dave, for recognizing that Jeff Gordon was retired. See? You, you see? You pick up on some stuff. <laughs> You're probably a little embarrassed you knew that. I'm not an imbecile. I know Jeff Gordon's retired. See? Because <laughs> he's the greatest athlete of all time. So Jeff Gordon is my athlete. Um, actor, actress. I'm going my favorite actor of all time, Robert De Niro. And my one dead celebrity, I'm going to go with Bobby Kennedy, who everyone knows. Well, mm. maybe not everyone knows, but he's somebody I very much admire and I'm a historian of. Bobby Kennedy, Jeff mm. Gordon, Robert De Niro, we're sitting at a table. Maybe we have some wine. Maybe we have some whiskey. Mm. I'm going to have a ribeye, obviously, because I don't eat fillets because I'm not a you know, peasant. <laughs> mm. I'm with you on the ribeye. I like the flavor of a ribeye. That I've broken my vegetarian streak. Yeah. Welcome back, Pally. So that's my have, lineup. Ian, I do you have, have yours? You need some time. I have two. I'm having a little trouble with the dead celebrity part. Yeah, I can't think. I was listening to yours. 
I haven't had time. To when think it does, yet. it doesn't have to be a celebrity. It could be a politician. It could be a uh, you know a famous person from history. Yeah, I understand the definition of anyone. Well, I just wanted to make sure I was clear. <laughs> You're all struggling with it. <laughs> you know, anyone's a pretty broad fucking category, well, I'm pal. De- I'm half buzz. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> like you can pick Grandma Mama oh from goodness. the 20s if you want. I was trying to buy you guys time. So I'll, uh, uh, I did get to meet Jeff Gordon back in the summer of 2015. Right. I have never. Did his penis taste good? It was fantastic. <laughs> it was like a ribeye, Dave. A lot of fat. So much flavor. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have not uh, had the pleasure of meeting Robert De Niro. And uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated well before all of our times. Mm. I can keep talking if you guys want about other yeah, things. Yeah, keep talking. Cause right. I really, uh... So my favorite De Niro movies... Goodfellas, obviously. If you haven't seen Goodfellas at this point, you're just doing yourself a misjustice. Go watch Goodfellas. You're just an asshole. Let's yeah. be honest. You're an asshole if you haven't seen Goodfellas. Casino, also. Dynamite movie. Underrated movie. Uh, also, Taxi Driver. Fantastic. Very slow moving, but a very good movie. One of De Niro's first films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I feel like these don't get a lot of credit, but analyze this and analyze that with Billy Crystal. Funny films. Eh. Those All are right. funny films. Not bad. They're different for De Niro, and they're very good. I can go on. He's got about 116 different you know, movies. One of my favorite De Niro movies is uh, Midnight Run. You know that movie? I saw it once, a while with, ago. With uh, Charles really Grodin? Yeah. Really good. What's the movie with... Uh, it's hard for me to think of when I'm talking here. Yeah, that's true. That's why I'm trying to All pontificate right, I, I over here. I have mine. I have mine. All right, Ian's got... I have See, mine. I, sh- I should have sent you guys these notes ahead of time. <laughs> Ian, yeah, what do you got for I, us? So, uh, athlete would be UFC fighter Alistair Overeem. Damn. So, you're doing steroids at that dinner? Uh, horse meat, <laughs> <Okay>. sir. <laughs> horse, we don't, excuse we don't me. Take steroids. <laughs> we don't take steroids at that. So, it's not Uberim. It's, it's all Overeem. horse meat. It's Overeem, not yeah. Uberim. <laughs> horse meat. Uh, so, yeah, it would be over, uh, Alistair Overeem. Uh, actor would be Bruce Campbell. For sure. Hands oh, down. nice. Why Dave's, wouldn't it be? Dave's Bruce over Campbell? there scratching out his notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if I had to pick a dead person to bring back just to meet him, and just because I'm going like super hard on it right now, it'd be Jim Jones. I'd like to meet Jim Jones. Oh, my. Damn. That's a hell of a dinner party for you. Yeah. I'd like to meet. Yeah. So I feel like someone's got to make a don't drink the flavor aid joke, Ian. <laughs> just yeah. watch your drink all night. If you got to go take a piss, take your cup with you. Yeah. So yeah, that all right. I feel like that's all. And Alistair yeah, I Overeem mean, hands down Bruce Campbell. Alistair Overeem, UFC uh, fighter, uh, Bruce Campbell, and Jim Jones. Yep. You could have picked Art Bell instead of Jim Jones. You know, Art Bell would be fun to meet. Man, no, he'd yeah. cut you off halfway through and kick you off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave, you're up. I don't like these at all. We bat. We 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 got them here. We got them. There's no wrong answer. All right. No one can critique you on your <clears throat> own dinner party. I'm quite shallow, so I'm going to go with <laughs> Casey Anthony, Amanda to- <laughs> Knox, and Jody Arias, and they all have my meat for dinner. For athlete, I'm going to go with Sydney LaRue from the U.S. women's soccer team. <laughs> She's so fucking hot. And I'd right. like to hang out with her. <laughs> also a good athlete. Great athlete. Uh, actress, I'm going to go with Megan Good because oh I would also like to hang guy. out with her. <laughs> this fucking guy. He's going to answer with like Marilyn Monroe as his final choice. And for anyone in history, I'm going to go with Genghis Khan. So, I think that would be unbelievable. <laughs> That's a wild party. <laughs> Me, Genghis Khan, Sidney LaRue, and Megan Good. Um, all being served ribeyes <laughs> and whiskey. So That's all I got, man. All right. 
Interesting hey. group of people we all cho- chose tonight. <laughs> That's true. Athlete wise, people are like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" <laughs> like, there's no LeBron James, there's and, no Kobe Bryant, t- Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Wayne Gretzky, John Elway, Dan Marino. That doesn't do anything yeah. for me. I just want to hang out two? with hot girls. What's her name? Sydney Larue. Sydney Larue, Jeff Gordon, and Alistair Overeem. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly, the, not exactly the Mount Rushmore hey. of American sports. That's all I got. <laughs> Actually, Alistair Overeem's not even American. <laughs> No, he's not. He's Dutch. He's Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? I'm not like super into like famous people and like meeting people and stuff, but I would be nervous as fuck to meet Alistair Overeem. I would love to meet that dude. There you go. So he seems like he'd be a sweetheart though. Like in person. He seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, other than the fact that he's like, what? Six, five, 250 pounds. Yeah. Nothing but horse meat over there. (laughs) Don't even question the steroids. (laughs) Just horse meat, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about his horse meat. All right, so another uh, uh, another quick note before we get started on today's topic. We have a listener, Dan Matthewson. Uh, he's a loyal patron and been a listener for a, a long time. He owns a restaurant down in Charlotte called The Brown Bag, and they recently, given the, um, the current state of the... Uh, the country, the economy, and the virus uh, going around. He has set up a GoFundMe. Uh, their goal is to feed 2,500 frontline workers, including nurses, doctors, and first responders, by the end of June. They, For every $10 they raise, they can donate one hot meal. Their goal is to, one hot meal to a frontline worker. Their goal is to raise $25,000 by the end of June to thus feed 2,500 frontline workers. Uh, if you are interested, we know the Necronomapod family is very tight knit. Everyone likes to help each other out. If you're interested in helping out the brown bag and helping out Dan feed these frontline workers, you can check them out on, uh, at GoFundMe. Um, you can go to GoFundMe and search brown bag feeds frontline, or you can check them out at inst- uh, on Instagram. Their handle is at brown bag Charlotte. Check out pictures of their awesome food. They also have the link to the GoFundMe in their uh, bio. So uh, again, that's uh, Dan Matthewson, a listener of the show, his restaurant, the Brown Bag uh, in Charlotte, trying to feed some frontline workers during this uh, the times of the virus and try to, to, to give back to those people that are working extra hard and get put, uh, putting themselves at risk every day. So if you want to check them out, GoFundMe.com, Brown Bag f- uh, Feeds Frontline, or at Instagram, uh, Instagram at Brown Bag Charlotte. Check them out and donate if you uh, feel inclined. That's awesome. Good luck with that, Dan. Yeah, very yeah. very cool. Dan's cool. Real good cause. He's always been cool when he uh, when he's talking on Discord and stuff. So yeah, yeah. been in the Discord. Luck, he's been man. a patron for almost I think since day one, and been a yeah. loyal listener. So hope we can help them out and help all those fine people down in Charlotte. And the food on their Instagram page looks fantastic. That's again at mm. Brown Bag Charlotte. Check it out. It looks delicious. Do you think they'll DoorDash up to us in Ohio? <laughs> Probably not, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Right, I'm just asking. But, you know, maybe if Necronomapod goes on tour one day and we're down in Charlotte. Catering? Catering? Or we'll just go have lunch over there. Oh, yeah, that would You're work, thinking too. catering like we're fucking big I like, shots. I like catering. <laughs> Come cater our meals. <laughs> one way or another, we'll have some brown bag. I like it. All right. So, yeah, check them out. Uh, go fund me. Search Brown Bag Feeds Frontline. They would appreciate any help they can get. I'm just trying to feed those uh, people putting themselves in uh, in harm's way each and every day. Speaking of harm's way, Ian, what do we got today? Tonight we are going to do the Order of the Solar Temple Part 2. And where we left off on Part 1, things had really started to crumble for the Solar Temple. 
stemming from Luke Jaray getting charged with purchasing illegal firearms, specifically silenced ones, and Joseph DeMambro losing the secret of the projections and light shows that they were doing. Like we, If we remember, they were slipping people some acid and then throwing up projections of Jesus on the cross and these Sounds light great. shows. Like, Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> some crazy stuff was happening. I'll be honest. I did uh, a little shopping this week, and I tried to come up with a... Uh... Like a projection hologram thing that I could project Jesus upside down in my front yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to make this happen. I've I've not come across <laughs> something that's not twenty thousand dollars yet. I don't want to spend that much money. Maybe someday when this podcast takes off, I'm going to make this happen though. All right, hologram Jesus, my front yard, may or maybe not upside down. Coming Christmas twenty thirty five. And the other thing that was happening with the Solar Temple with uh, Luke Jaray and Joseph Tamambro was, we're going to talk about it in a minute here, but Luke Jaray was spiraling into some like depression kind of thing where he wasn't feeling great about stuff. And then a little more serious, Joseph Tamambro was starting to have kidney failure. He was becoming incontinent where he, he was just having a lot of these health issues. So the the facade was really fucking cracking for these guys. I mean, these guys are built up as these messiahs and stuff. And you don't want to see your messiah pissing himself. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, the messiah can't be pissing himself when yeah. uh, he's supposed to be having sex with every woman in the cult. And right. you know, so it, it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> Very Eventually, well. that news will start leaking out to everyone else in the cult. <laughs> so statement. before we get to the events that happened after the Dutois were murdered. Let's kind of like take a, just a quick step back and look at the idea of transit and the evidence that has been shown that was in the works for at least three years leading up to the events at what this transit was going to be. So the idea of transit began to be mentioned by DeMambro in 1990 or 1991, and it meant a voluntary departure or consent to bring their lives to another planet. It was necessary to be ready to leave at any time in response to the call. DeMambro said he did not yet know what the mode of transit would be, but he presented it as a metaphor of the passage across a mirror and the possibility of coming off a flying saucer to take the faithful members to another world. It's kind of how he proposed it at the time. So it's completely plausible and within our current technology. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is heaven, Heaven's Gate technology, so <laughs> yeah, for sure. An ex-member explained to investigators that talks about transit never implied suicide, but rather an idea of being saved from disasters. And if we believe the statements to police after the events of 1994, most of these members who had heard about the idea of this, quote, departure or, quote, transit considered it rather like a nebulous idea or interpreted it as just this departure to another geographical location. For example, leaving Geneva, Switzerland. Like it was just like the metaphor for leaving where they were currently. It wasn't actually killing yourself to go to another plane of existence. Mm. Nebulous my ass. (laughs) (laughs) When members wanted to know more, they sometimes received evasive answers. Quote, transit was the return to the father, the return to the unity after having left Earth. Two or three years before October 1994, I discussed with what was meant by the concept. She told me that I shouldn't worry, that I wouldn't realize that we would all leave together as one. 
At the time, naively, I never thought that meant collective suicide. Oh, you didn't, huh? Well, he just said he didn't, right, Dave? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not implied directly, but should you not infer that that's what they're talking about? Look, if you're in a cult, just know you're probably going to die in some kind of suicide yeah. pact or be murdered. I mean, and people in cults are naturally gullible, right? I think in a, lo- in, a lot kind of of, in a lot of situations, yes. Like, I don't trust anyone. Yeah. You, you give me this nonsense, I'm going to punch you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, they're just gullible, I think, right? Um, it's, I think gullible maybe is part of it, but I mean, I think Ian, like there are people looking for acceptance in some way, shape or form in life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I think it's I, always somebody good that is very, very down and out. And just looking for something to believe in. Yeah. I at don't any cost. To... Well, which leads to gullibility, right? I think, and sure. I, I, I think I worked that out in my head. I think so. Yeah. Ian, would you agree? Cause I know you had thoughts <clears throat> on that with regards to like Jonestown. People think, who like think, join these cults, they're in a position where maybe mentally they're more gullible than others. And and exactly. I don't think we, we, we don't mean yeah, gullible exactly. all, we don't, I don't mean gullible necessarily to be insulting all the time, but in this situation, you know. Well, no, of course not. But I when you hear the word gullible. Been, without getting specifically, specifically personal, there's been a couple of times in my life where uh, something was going very, very wrong and after I got it taken care of professionally, based on my Google searches and stuff, I could have seen myself giving in to something like this. Mm. Okay. Or somebody had an idea. If somebody would have came to me at, at a certain moment in my life and said, you know what? The way you're feeling right now, I have all the answers for you. And if it was a charismatic person, I probably would have listened to him. I think it's just people that are very... Uh, for people that are very down and out and mm-hmm. and have that are just really looking for an answer to something that's fair sure but it also speaks yeah. a lot to you that you did seek professional help got it and got yourself oh yeah yeah for better. sure because crystals aren't doing it for you man <laughs> nope. i sold him 10 acres of swampland in uh, louisiana <laughs> last year for five hundred thousand dollars some members had known a little more precisely how things would eventually play out. One remembers that Demambro, quote, started talking about transit to another world. He said that this would be accomplished by a shift in consciousness and we wouldn't be aware of it. <laughs> He'd be fucking op- dead. You wouldn't be aware of it. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but this operation presupposed a certain degree of prep- preparation, saying, quote, DeMambro explained to us that one day we'd all be called to a meeting at which a transit would be accomplished. It had to do with a mission, with a departure towards Jupiter. He said to his listeners that they had to be on call 24 hours a day so as not to miss the departure, and that once the order was given, would have to move quickly. I hope they calculated the coordinates right, because a departure towards Jupiter might end with an arrival on Uranus. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible out in space, am I right? It's no holds barred. It's a freak show out there. It's like our Discord. (laughs) (laughs) So this kind of helps explain the speed with which some of the victims just kind of suddenly abandoned everything to head towards these really mysterious deaths that we're going to get into. But if this confirms the emergence of the idea of transit well before October 1994... It doesn't explain the reasoning that led DeMambro towards this plan of action. 
outside the possible explanations linked to Demambro's mental state. It seems that criticism by ex-members, this issue with the the guns, with Luke Jarret buying the silenced guns that happened in Quebec, and disappointed hopes for success led the Solar Temple's leadership to just kind of kind of flip this like hey everything's going downhill so we gotta kind of kick this up and and get out of here because we're gonna we're just gonna take everybody down with us what else are you gonna do right uh yeah i guess so i mean they're not gonna disband and give everyone their money back right (laughs) here's your refund we'll see you guys thanks for playing along didn't work out i mean we thought we could do this but in addition, wiretaps of Luchere made by the police in Quebec during the 1993 investigation due to those silenced firearms revealed that this really charismatic guy that was like this, you know, he was the definition of a cult leader, was very depressed, constantly complaining about feeling tired and expressing eagerness to leave the world. Which is fine, but why do they always want to take everyone else with them? Ego. Uh, I think it's, yeah, like, ego. Just, yeah, just kill yourself, You asshole. want your death to mean something. I guess. These guys. Just do it. These Don't fu- take everyone else with you. <laughs> These fucking guys. These fucking guys, right? <laughs> I mean, these suicidal people want to take everyone else with them. That's the part I hate about <laughs> these fucking guys. The first known version of text explaining a, quote, departure had been written in February 1993. This coincides with the opening of the investigation into the group by the Quebec police on February 2nd, 1993. And since some sources suggest that Jeray may have gotten word of the investigation before it actually started on March 8th, 1993, we don't know the absolute certainty whether him writing about departure was... With or without knowledge of the police investigation. We, we don't know. Yeah. Um, so we don't know if that investigation made us sped things up here. Right. But you, you, you could very much make the argument that it, uh, it, it lines up sure. pretty well. If they just put uh, dildos on the end of those guns for silencers, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Who did that again? Uh, Robert Pickton. See, that would be a good trivia question because I would not fucking remember. Well, you won't remember it in five minutes, so nope. it's all right. That still, was still a good <laughs> trivia question. That was like three weeks ago. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is all short-term memory for me. I just try to get through each episode now, making myself look like a damn fool. 20 minutes from now, I'm going to be like, so we're talking about Catherine Knight, right? <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to the Dutois, we remember that uh, their baby, Emmanuel, was labeled the Antichrist. So Tony Dutois, his wife, Nikki Dutois, and the three-month-old baby, Emmanuel, they were all murdered. The same night that the Dutois were murdered, Luke Jure and nine other Solar Temple members had dinner at a Swiss hotel. Joseph DeMambro had his own sort of last supper on October 3rd, 1994, away from Jure. We don't know how many members were really on board with committing suicide, but from these last meals, we can assume that there was at least 15 people that truly knew the plans that Jure and DeMambro mm-hmm. had in mind. What they have for dinner? Hopefully ribeyes. I don't know. Swiss steak? Uh, Gr- great. Gross. Yeah. Right? What are they eating in Switzerland? <laughs> Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese, Swiss steak. Just a block of Swiss cheese on Swiss steak. <laughs> like melted Swiss cheese on Swiss steak, right? Isn't that what I, they I eat? I think and that's And some kind of fancy eat. Swiss wine. Sure. Yeah. And they just fart, and then that's just disgusting. <laughs> so what's a good uh, last meal for a cult, you think? Well, I think, well for a cult? Yeah. You get a sheet um, pizza. You feed the most people. 
<laughs> the, the, the lowest price, right? <laughs> flavor aid and a big pizza. Yeah. You get flavor aid. Maybe Ian, some what, bananas Ian, what if, fl- you're a, if you're out in the jungle. <laughs> what flavor was the flavor aid? Did we talk about that? Uh, it was it was grape. So grape mm. flavor aid and like three sheet pizzas. You get it's you get bad. what one cheese, <laughs> three one cheese, one pepperoni, <laughs> one sausage. Because that's what that's like 60, 70 slices. Yeah. Those sheet pizzas are like twenty four uh, slices. Well, you're not gonna get pineapple on it. No. Whoa, no. I'd rather kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I made myself laugh with that one. <laughs> I'd rather just drink the flavor aid than eat pineapple pizza. Like, hey, Jim, thanks for the pizza. You know what? Just give me that juice. <laughs> can I go to the front of the line, <laughs> yeah. pal? Yeah. You know what? Someone else can have my slice. I know Heaven's Gate. They all had uh, chicken pot pies before they, they Jesus, left the world. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, yeah, because no. like to buy in bulk. They bought those Nikes in bulk, and they bought one of those yeah. like frozen Costco boxes of chicken pot pies. Like 24 cents yeah. each. You warm those up in the microwave for three minutes, you're good to go. Cheap it's delicious. For the record, those frozen chicken pot pies, I love. Oh, of course. They're you delicious. Maybe not the last meal. Yeah. How about the office yeah, you episode would think you could where Mike, a bit. Michael eats an entire chicken pot pie, <laughs> sleeps the whole afternoon, they set the clocks, wake him up, time to go home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, Ian, you're right. You'd splurge. Well, but they didn't have any money, though, right? Uh, Solar Temple, they had a fuck ton of money. I thought they were having financial troubles, though, because you know, they didn't know where that money was leaking out and there was legal issues and stuff. So nah, they couldn't I mean, even... They just had- they just had problems with uh, like Quebec investigating him for buying guns and shit. I mean, they still had a lot of yeah, money. And that Swiss uh, watchmaker who's loaded. So they could have at least bought these people hot pockets. Hot pockets. I, I mean, we don't we don't know what they ate for sure. But <laughs> you could all, assume. He's like, well, listen, listen, jackass. We don't know what they had. It's like, what are you guys fucking idiots? <laughs> they had a fantastic meal of chicken nuggets. They had a a whole display of <laughs> dipping sauces. You fuckos. <laughs> Curly fries. Like it was made for them. So we don't. So long story short, we don't know what they had for dinner. We don't know, but we know that Chere and Tamambro did not have the the last meal together they were separate for it was so there they, hostility between them then yeah they were they were kind of like there was this weird thing where they were pushing back and forth against each other on who was really in charge towards the end here in fighting and most of the solar temple members viewed transitioning their bodies to sirius as more of a metaphor so when 48 people died on October 4th, 1994, instead of 15, this became more of a ritualistic mass murder than a suicide. Jeez. There's we'll evidence see you guys next week. That <laughs> Cult done. See ya. There's evidence that based on numerology and the importance of numbers of the solar temple, that they were going to have to murder former members as well to achieve a certain number of bodies to transition to series. That's not fair. They're like, shit, guys, we're not going to make our suicide quota. Better go fucking kill some people. <laughs> Whose name do we have on the ledger from the last meeting sign? Yeah, right. Like, we smartened up and left. You can't kill us now. That's not how it works. It does seem We're unfair. laughing. It's not, yeah. it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not fair. If you wisened up and got out, you you deserve to live at yes, that point. Yes, exactly. Ian, would you? You've you've said earlier you might have joined a cult. You think you would have wisened up at some point, or would you have been you just kind of roped right in and you'd have been fucking one of the leaders? 
Not fucking. You man. wouldn't have been fucking one of the leaders, but you would <laughs> have. Would have. Well, let's be honest. Well, if it was Jody Arias, she's marriage material. <laughs> she fucking just keyed his car once. He'd be putting a ring on that. Where can people find that Jody Arias episode, Mike? That's available at Patreon.com/slash Necronomapod. Available in our archives. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Thanks. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe I would hope I would be able to wisen up, but I just know that I. I sympathize with a lot of people that join cults because I know that there was a there was a very specific moment in my life where I felt I was very vulnerable and I was looking into a lot of different things. And if mm-hmm. if a charismatic person would have swept me up at that point in time, then yeah, I, I would have been roped right in. So yeah, I get uh, that. Hope, yeah. hope, I get hopefully, that. I would have wisened up, but uh, right, I don't know. Well, that or you'd be on the Hale Bop Comet right now. <laughs> And instead, I'm drinking a beer with you guys. So, so either way, you're in a cult. So, yeah. lose lose for you, Pally. Any hoodles? Former member Terry Yushinow had left the Solar Temple in 1993 after realizing that divorcing his wife that he had been married to for like 15 years and being set up in this quote cosmic marriage with a random person wasn't a great idea. Like we remember last week, we talked about. Uh, Lemmy from Motorhead and Mother Teresa. That's right, like a right. good cosmic marriage. Yeah. So that that that's kind of what happened to Terry. You should know he was like Demambro was like, hey, you know what? You're the reincarnation reincarnation of Lemmy from Motorhead, and your wife, eh, she's not good for you. So you got to go marry this other woman. And it's uh, crazy. So Terry wisened up and was like, yeah, this isn't great. And he didn't just leave the Solar Temple peacefully. He had spent the last year and a half trying to get back some of the money that he had given to the Solar Temple for over the 15 years that he was there. Yeah, especially when your cosmic wife looks like she got hit in the face with an asteroid, right? <laughs> God damn. Like, I, I, I'm not loving this cosmic marriage, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. DeMambrio. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can I get my money back? I went out. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> I pay for this ugly wife. I don't like this anymore. Give me my money. <laughs> Fuck you and your cult. I don't want to go to Sirius <laughs> and live with my ugly wife. I want my old wife back. So uh, at 11 a.m. on October 4th, 1994, Yushinou got a phone call from Solar Temple member Florence Rodero, who was one of many of the women that was sleeping with Demambro. Florence told Yushino that her and Demambro were at one of the group's locations, and that if he made the drive out, Demambro had money to give him. He was going to give him his money back. Spoiler alert, if you've given thousands and thousands of dollars to a cult and they tell you to drive out to a remote location, they're going to give it back to you. That is not going to happen. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> so you, you should just cut that loss. It's just not, you're not getting your money back. Oh, yeah. We got a cashier's <laughs> check waiting for you on the counter. <laughs> this location was the closest thing to an actual compound that the Solar Temple had. It was three small cottages that had walkways connecting to them. The cottages were only used for Solar Temple things, and it was. Each one was owned individually. One was owned by Demambro, Luke DeRay, and the Swiss watchmaker. Was this out in the country? Yeah, it was kind of like farmland Mm, area. When Yushinou showed up at the location around 3 p.m. that day, he found Demambro and Florence sitting outside because Demambro said he had locked his keys in his house. When the locksmith got there, Demambro instructed him to lock, unlock DeRay's house instead of his own. And when Yushinou was kind of like, hey... 
why, Demambro said, well, there's a spare set of keys in Jure's place, and I don't want to break my own lock. While the locksmith was working, Jure showed up, but he didn't have his keys either. <laughs> so this these, is just fishy as fuck guys. right off the bat. Yeah. Like so these guys are like the cosmic beings, right? They're the uh the end all mm-hmm. be all of cosmic knowing. And Neither of them one locked his Laurel keys. Laurel and in Hardy the, with their fucking keys. <laughs> like <laughs> one locked his keys in the house. The other one doesn't have his keys. Yeah. And they're both acting fishy as fuck, and you're supposedly gonna get a big envelope of cash. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is like fucking someone being a part of the Necronomapod cult, and then they they show up to like one of our parties drunk, and they see Dave stumbling out of a house eating a cookie, and the other layer Ian threatening to fight him over that cookie, <laughs> and the people are like, "I'm gonna follow these fucking guys." Like, what is this? What is this all about? These guys are stumbling around fighting over a fucking cookie. These guys are fucking assholes. Yeah. Fuck this! I'm gonna kill myself over this. These guys couldn't get the serious if they hit him in the head. That's great. Hey, Ian, Mike's nickname in college uh, rhymed with locksmith. Do you know what it was? (laughs) No, I don't. What what was it? (laughs) Enlighten us. Oh, I don't know. I was asking you if you knew. (laughs) Was it cocksmith? I think it was. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You thought you actually... It was just, it was one of those, like, don't let it be unsaid, but Ian thought you were, like, challenging him to answer it. (laughs) This is what happens when we're not in the same room, folks. (laughs) Ian's like, wait, wait, do you mean cocksmith? (laughs) That is correct, actually. So Dave, give him a fucking cookie so he doesn't beat your ass, because he might fight you. Nice work. (laughs) So, Yushino retelling this story, he said that Jure looked like he hadn't showered in days. It's like had this beard going on and just looked completely just out of sorts. And Jure didn't even acknowledge that Yushino was there. And that's got to be weird off the bat, too, because it's like, okay, I'm waiting for this money. Keys are locked in the place. Then Jure shows up looking like shit. You've known this guy for 15 years and he doesn't even talk to you at all, but you're supposedly there for money. Right. He said the only thing that Dre was concerned with was how Demambro was going to pay the locksmith, <laughs> which also doesn't make any sense at all. That's Very why strange. I was getting confused from reading these notes that they were like tight on money or at least cash on hand because they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing here. You take a debit card, pal? <laughs> I mean, nowadays they would probably. <laughs> yeah. You think locksmiths walk around with one of those little gimmicks, like the little keypad things that you can swipe your card? I assume. Or like one of those does. Apple phones. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, we keep sidetracking. Keep going, Ian. You should know said that when the when the lock was finally opened on Jure's place, he was hit with an overwhelming smell of gasoline. And he couldn't specific, specifically remember if he screamed when he smelled it or if it was the locksmith who screamed. But either way, somebody screamed was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And Florence assured them that the smell was coming from a broken oil tank that was downstairs. Mm. Demambra went inside, grabbed a set of keys, and looked at Yushino, saying, quote, never mind, these aren't the keys to my cottage. And that's the point when Yushino got in his car and took off, and he said that the last thing he saw was Florence running after his car, waving her hands to get him to come back. Like, that has to be so... Like, you dodged a bullet here, man. Absolutely. Yeah, like, not even... I I don't know if it's, like, like, that 
flight or flight situation because you I, like the way I picture this being told too. It's like it's like no, come in, come on, let's come inside. You're fine. Just yeah. just come in. And it smells. I like heard that all the time like in college. <laughs> come on, come in, yeah, come, in come inside, yeah. come on, and, come inside. And you know what? Well, I'd stay. I'd stick around. <laughs> Homie'd stick around. I'd come inside. <laughs> it's a sexual innuendo for coming inside of a woman. Oh, I didn't know what you were. Oh, going. I okay. didn't know what you were. Going I just want to make sure oh. you guys understood. <laughs> this guy. All right, back to for real, because this guy saved his life, and I'm making fucking perverted jokes. Well, and it, it it's just super. I mean, everything smells like gas, and they're like, ah, come in, come in. And then it's like he almost like looks defeated, and he's like, like admits like, oh, the keys aren't mine. Like, what the fuck is even happening right now? Yeah, fight so, or flight kicks in. You're like, I'm getting the yeah. fuck yeah, out of here. He put it all together. Like these guys are fucking down on their luck. They look like shit. They're not acknowledging him. Like things just don't look as he's known them for all these years. It's just a weird situation. I give him credit. He got the fuck out of there and saved his life. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. Your pal Dave here to talk to you about an exciting new opportunity to add to your healthcare portfolio. Dave's unlicensed home gynecology practice. Are you tired of stuffy, crowded waiting rooms and quote-unquote real doctors who have an MD and actual medical equipment? If so, why not check out Dave's unlicensed gyno shop? They offer both in-house and virtual exams, sure to fit your busy schedule. Their patented premium penetration process will leave you completely satisfied with your visit. And of course, they will never sell video of your exam to Pornhub. Although if you have a real cute cooter, they might upload it for free. Also, there's no need to speculate about whether or not it's an actual speculum they're using for your exam. Spoiler alert, it's not. So if you're ready to put some pizzazz in your next pap smear, head on over to Dave so they can get a look at that thing. And remember, Unlike most gynecology offices, at Dave's, they administer a heavy anesthetic prior to your exam. You won't remember one second of your invasive inspection. Guaranteed. You're welcome. So what are you waiting for? Vaginal vacancies are available now. Give them a call today at 1-800-TUNE-UP-YOUR-TWAT. That's 1-800-TUNE-UP-YOUR-TWAT. 1-800-TUNE-UP-YOUR-TWAT. Get that twat the tune-up it deserves today. The night that Yushinou got away from them, 25 people would die in those three cottages. And in another location, just outside of the town of Sherry, another 23 people would die. If you add in Demambro, Jeray, and the Dutois, that's 53 people. Now, 54 was the most sacred number to the Solar Temple, so you could assume that Terry Yushinou was supposed to be that 54th person. Wow, close call. Yep. I'm assuming his uh, cosmic butterface bride didn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just asking. I don't know. The location outside of Sherry was a farm that the Solar Temple used, and it was owned by 73-year-old Albert Giacomino. Giacomino, like so many other Solar Temple members, was on his way out, leaving the cult due to money issues. In the weeks leading up to this, Giacobino had been telling outside friends that he was just kind of done with it. Like, this is bullshit. There's all this money going to Demambro and Jeray, but, uh, you know, I'm not seeing any of this money. And it would seem, based on what happened, that Demambro had caught word that he was going to, that he was leaving. 
firefighters arrived at the farm just after midnight on October 4th, 1994, after being told that the farmhouse and the barn had burst into flames. When they got the fire under control, they were able to go inside, and the first thing that the investigators found was Giacobino dead at his kitchen table. He was shot in the head and had a plastic bag put over his head, effectively marking him as a traitor. Was that like in their manifesto or something, the the, the traitor plastic bag thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. The way that they numbered people out in their in their manifestos and whatnot, and then you'd like calculate the the amount of people that had plastic bags over their head, their heads and things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anybody who had a plastic bag on their head was a traitor to the Solar Temple. It's not very nice. <laughs> Investigators also found tons of defective bombs all around the property. And the intention was to have nothing left. That the, they were going to just go wipe out everything. There wasn't supposed to be anything left behind. When they started going through things, they quickly noticed that the building was bigger than what they were seeing on the inside. Like the inside layout was way smaller than what the building was lo- looked like from the outside. And they found that one of the walls slid open to reveal a secret room. Now, everything in this secret room was red. Uh, the floor was red, the ceiling was red, and the walls were just like these huge mirrors. Just thinking about that it, burns my retinas. Like, that all hurts. the red? Like, yeah, that's just like, that makes my eyes water, just thinking about that. Too much red. <laughs> Hashtag too much red. There was no furniture in the room except for a painting of Luke Jaray made to look like Jesus. <laughs> like it's, bas- it's basically like Jesus, you know, like what we think of as Jesus, but you got Luke Jaray's face on I would love a D- painting Dave, you have a painting like that, right? I would love that. That would be the <laughs> best thing ever. Well, I think if people visit uh, Dave underscore Namapod, your Instagram page, there's a photo of you looking like the Pope, right? <laughs> that's that's true. Quite dashing. We have a lot of artists in the uh, in the audience. I will be happy to come to your location and, and sit for you if you will paint me as, as jesus oh now i'm thinking about titanic i want you to paint me wearing this wearing only this and dave's just gonna wear like a, a crucifix on his chest and well, that's it my lo- my loincloth that i was crucified in nope straight ball sack hanging out <laughs> hanging out man maybe a little fig leaf a little fig leaf that's it oh, that's great <laughs> I would hang it proudly in my study. <laughs> my study. My study. I would Listen smoke my guy. pipe and Listen look at it, gaze guy. upon it every day. As, he, as the fire's crackling in the background, he's drinking a brandy and smoking a cigar. It's a fine Jesus painting you've got there. I must say. You make a great son of man, Dave. <laughs> Talking to his own painting. <laughs> I, I see it. why God picked you to be crucified. <laughs> You're delightful. I love Savior Dave. That's my new fair character. <laughs> Wearing just a smoker's robe. Some uh, little fancy uh, slippers. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's the life, though. We all dream of that life. Come on, God. I'm comfortable here. I don't want to go down to earth and die. <laughs> Fuck these humans. Oh. I want a room like that in my house too. Goddamn. Fuck these humans. I just want to smoke my pipe and stare at my painting and drink expensive scotch, God. So inside the secret room, they found 18 Solar Temple members dead and arranged in a circle like spokes on a bike. 
They were all wearing robes and their ceremonial capes designated to what subgroup they belonged to. Because remember, they said I said they had um, black, white, and red capes. So yeah, they were like they karate their, belts. Yeah, yeah. So they all had their capes on. However, ten of these members had plastic bags on their heads, marking them as traitors. Involuntary participation trophies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <exactly. laughs> they have any cheap Nikes on their feet? <laughs> A few of these victims had their hands bound, but almost all of them were shot in the head, some up to eight times. So a total of 65 bullets had been fired into 23 people. So on top of it being extremely ritualistic, it was overkill. It was very intense. Investigators are looking around this room, and they're kind of like, well, we found one secret room. Maybe there's another secret room in here somewhere. (laughs) And they found that one of these big mirrors slid to reveal another secret room. And this was the Solar Temple's ritual room. The walls in this room were also covered in mirrors. Floor was red. Ceilings red. It had a big uh, pentagram on the the floor carved out. Hmm. And in the middle was an altar. And the altar had a rose, a cross, and a chalice on it. In in that room were the last three bodies at this crime scene. I think I'd want to go in that room. There's sex stuff going on in there? Ew. That seems like the fun room. <laughs> Green room. Fuck that. Ew. I don't want sex. I don't want to do sex with them. All right. Your choice. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there was something happening in there. Probably butt stuff, huh? <laughs> It probably was. Everything but sex going on in there. <laughs> See, it makes Dave laugh every time. That joke every time makes him laugh. Oh, boy. That was a bent again. We, we're doing a lot of Jody Arias jokes tonight, and I feel like people don't might not necessarily get that. Anyways, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. We did a Jody Arias show. It was a lot of fun, actually. It was one of the most fun shows we had. As much fun as you can have for a brutal murder. Sure, murder. sure. Anyways. Ian, get us back on track. Take us out of the sex room. And investigators found an audio tape that was taped to the front door of the farmhouse, and they thought maybe this was could explain like what the fuck's even happening in this place. Like what 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 just happened here? But all that was on the tape was someone talking about astrology. Oh, thanks. Rambling. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> thanks a lot for the clues. <laughs> back at the other scene where you should know was trying to get his money back, all of the bombs had went off. Between those three cottages, investigators found 25 more bodies. Of those 25 bodies included four of DeMambro's, quote, cosmic children. Oh, my so there God. Were, there were miners involved in this one. Like they were mining for what? Like iron ore? Or? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't think that's what he meant, Pally. Oh. <laughs> I, sorry, I missed Juveniles. That. Oh, I got it. No. You know, like back that ass up, juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> we should not record shows like this when we're just so drunk <laughs> this is not okay <laughs> the bodies were scattered among these three cottages with demambro dead in the one he owned and jerry dead in the one that he owned any symbolism to that like not together separate were they were they at odds uh, when they died i don't i don't know i mean there's not there's was was everything this is a weird story too? Because we're it it's really you're piecing a lot together because right. there isn't like this definitive right. uh, thing on the solar temple like there are all these other cults out there. So like they kind of made it up as they went, but they got themselves too in deep before they can like kind of finish their story. 
right? And then, so then they, they called it quits and the two leaders just killed themselves. And then, then that was it. So you piece together what you could from, from what we know. Like there's all these debates out there about if they were this money laundering thing, if they were this gun, this firearms purchasing operation, like what exactly they are. But you would have to assume at some point throughout this that they started believing what they were saying because to go as far to do this and try and at least get it to number 54, you would have, they would have to believe. They were buying into something, sure. Sure, they were buying into something. Like a lot of cults, uh, Heaven's Gate did it this. Heaven's Gate did it this way. They arranged for a surviving member to stay behind, and the next day, someone anonymously mailed packages to various Swiss news outlets and a Swiss historian. Inside each package were four documents from the Solar Temple, which they called their testaments. The first testament was called quote, "To all those who can still understand the voice of wisdom, we address this message." In this, the Solar Temple laid out their beliefs and details regarding the transit to Sirius. Uh, In this document, they also blamed all of the negative coverage they received on the media. And, or sorry, in this document, they also blamed everything that happened with this mass suicide, and they blamed it all on negative coverage they had received from the media, specifically the Quebec government for the gun investigation, like. That was the fault of mm. what happened here. So fake news made them do it. Right. So do you think they're all standing up on Sirius, kind of just waving and smiling at us, like, know, like Obi-Wan and Anakin and Yoda at the end of Return of the Jedi? Enjoy that COVID, motherfuckers. <laughs> we're happy as shit up here. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe we're the idiots. Maybe. We're the numbskulls. Just in a little haze, smiling, yeah. waving. Hi, we're good. Yeah. I mean, who, who's to say? Who's to say that... that Meanwhile, Heaven's Gate's not rolling on the Hale-Bopp comment. I, I don't know. The most surprising thing about that was that Mike knew what I was talking about with the Return of the Jedi. <laughs> what? Did I say I that did? That is shocking. Did I say I did? I just played it off he as a He was faking joke. it. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is this I wasn't even. Pro- I wasn't even trying to. I was just playing it off as they escaped the COVID and we didn't. <laughs> I, I have seen Return of the Jedi. I think I've All seen right. the first, the original three Star Wars, and then I saw the first one that was after that. Okay. That was like the prequel, though, sure. right? Phantom Menace? Like the one with like the Jar Jar Binks character. Was he in that one? Mm, not the first one, right? I don't know. You tell me, Pally. I don't mm. know. I I saw what... Maybe it was Phantom Menace, though. I saw the original three, and they're good. They're good. I'm not a sci-fi guy, but they're good. And then I think I saw whatever was the first one after that in theaters, because it came out like when in my childhood. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't dislike Star Wars. All right. I won't. I can't keep up with. There, there's like a new movie now, like out every yeah, year. Yeah, I don't watch them anymore. It's like with the Marvel ones. Like, yeah. who can fucking keep up? I heard they're making a new Indiana Jones, though. Really? I haven't seen the last one with Shia LaBeouf. I didn't watch that. But I love the original three. I don't want to ruin it and watch. Ian, have you seen the one with Shia LaBeouf? I have never seen any Indiana Jones movies. This motherfucker over here. <laughs> He's trying to tell us about these stories. He likes the Illinois Smith movies better. <laughs> wow. Indiana, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, who am I to make fun of someone who has not seen movies? Indiana Jones is fantastic. I love that series. I mean, I, I, have, I have them on my Plex account. I just probably watch uh, one of them, at least yeah. one of them. One of these days. Yeah, someday. One of these days. Sure. 
He's, it's like me <laughs> when I tell people I want to watch a movie. I have no intention of watching that movie. He's deleting them from Plex right now as we're it's talking spite, about it. It's a spite no, no. delete. <laughs> the Second Testament was titled The Rose Plus Crew. This basically said that the Solar Temple's version of Rosicrucianism was going to be the religion of the future. So Has that come to fruition anywhere? Like in Switzerland? Uh, or Not that I'm aware of. Okay. The, ter- the Third Testament, titled transit to the future is the longest of the four and it just kind of lays out how mankind is doomed if we don't follow in the solar temples belief system and their footsteps kind of basically like you know what you're all fucked if you don't join us on Sirius kind of thing which uh i don't think that i'm fucked because i didn't join them on Sirius. <laughs> i'm having a pretty good time where i'm at right now <laughs> Testament 4, titled To Lovers of Justice, was for remaining members of the Solar Temple and people in the world who engage in esoteric beliefs. It basically says that governments around the world are controlling mankind and keeping us from being able to open our third eye. Mm. The only way to overcome this governmental control would be to transit to Sirius, a.k.a. kill yourself. (laughs) A.k.a. (laughs) <laughs> what, what about the uh, fifth testament what was the fifth testament <laughs> oh, we talked about people being prevented from opening their their brown eye it was it was titled two lovers of ass play <laughs> what's hilarious is that i was gonna make a brown eye joke but i was like no nah, i'm gonna wait i'm not gonna make that i've derailed us enough and then as soon as dave said fifth testament i was like i know exactly where he's going with this <laughs> how do you not make a brown eye joke right i would follow the fifth testament <laughs> you must respect the brown eye <laughs> throughout the testaments they refer to the 53 total people who died as the awakened the immortals and the traitors there were 15 considered the awakened and they died by poisoning i think it from all the things that i read it seemed like it was kind of agreed upon that it was like sleeping pills kind of like an overdose on sleeping pills probably the best way to go right considering uh, yeah out of what's out of what's going to happen here yeah. yeah 30 of these were labeled as immortals they were either shot or suffocated by the testament's own admission a lot of the immortals didn't go willingly and needed to be quote helped along and like we talked about earlier, the bodies with plastic bags over their heads were traitors. And in the Testaments, the Solar Temple just straight up admits to murdering those people. Like the mortals, they say, oh, we just kind of push them over the edge. We help those people out. <laughs> the immortals were murdered too. Like there's no question about that. But in the Testaments, they, they act like, oh, we just needed to help those people. But they straight up say like, yeah, we fucking killed the traitors. Damn. The weird thing about this whole situation is that, like, the investigation we just talked about, like, kind of talking to a couple of members and just kind of going through these secret rooms, that was really it. There was never a deep dive from authorities into what was really going on with the Solar Temple or why any of this happened. Teaser for next month, we're going to do Waco. Um, Waco kind of overshadowed this a little bit. And there's, I've seen arguments out there where, People are like, maybe the Swiss authorities were like, oh, look at that shit happening in America with this like suicide cult, like all this shit going wrong. Let's just sweep this under the rug real quick because we don't want to acknowledge this. 
there's a lot of debate on why they didn't investigate this. But they just wanted to be done with it, you know? Like they were probably just maybe, tired of these people. Like, they're all gone now. Like, let's just put it to bed, right? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But there, there was a lot more to this than just... I mean, just based off the little information that's out there, because it, there's not a ton, but just based off the little bit that is out there, there was something way more happening here than just a suicide cult. Yeah. So they just kind of brushed it under the rug and... I think because they did that and they didn't go like crack down on this and figure out what the hell happened here, who are all these members, the same thing happened a year and a half later. And in France on December 23rd, 1995, 16 more Solar Temple members died. And it's likely that many of those were murdered as well. It's believed that many of them thought that they were meeting in the woods for a winter solstice ritual. And when autopsies were done, it was found that most of the 16 were drugged. One member had a fractured jaw, and all of them had been shot in the head. God damn. So I know at the here in a little bit, we're going to get into someone being arrested. But at this point, they don't know, authorities don't know who's running all of this or leading all of this when like these 16 well, people end up dead in 95. We'll get or is, into is that it. just tying to what it's at the end? No, I mean, the the thing is, it's like, it's kind of like the leader, the way that I read it is like the leaders were dead. We don't care about where all the money came from. We don't, you know. So they were operating we, knowing we their leaders were dead. Away. They, they yeah, were operating just, with their leaders were dead. Right. And we just want this to go away. Yeah. It's so kind that's, of how I read it. Is that more motivation then if you're still a living member to commit suicide or kill yourself, knowing your leaders have already done it. Now you must join them. Like, is that more I, motivation to, to do it? I mean, it, it happened in Heaven's Gate. I, there's two people I know of that killed themselves, two members that killed themselves after the fact that felt uh, that they missed the boat. Yeah, and, like, if you're like, if this sucks, these guys are a party and on serious, we got to get up there, right? Yeah. Sure. It happened with uh, two of uh, two Heaven's Gate people. It happened with multiple Jonestown People's Temple members. Afterwards, uh, specifically, Mike Prokes did it in pretty dramatically. Mm. But, you know, with this situation, I don't know fully, but I feel like there's like a mix of survivor's guilt. And then you're so indoctrined on the, the idea of this, this mindset that just keep it going at this point. It makes sense. Sure. It's believed that two members shot the other 14 members. They then arranged the bodies in a circle like spokes on a bike and set them on fire with gasoline. As the bodies burned, the two men stood in the empty spots in the circles, put the guns in their mouths, pulled the trigger, kill, effectively killing themselves, and then they fell backwards, completing the circle. God damn. Sounds like a great mayhem video. <laughs> well, and the crazy thing about that is, is the two guys that did that, the two guys that murdered all 14 of those people and then killed themselves... One was a police officer, and the other one was another high up financial person. Like mm. these were not these were not like what you would, I guess, quote unquote, like crazy people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these were like high upstanding people that got sucked into this thing. This would make a great movie, I think. Uh, yeah that 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 whole murder suicide thing is straight out of a movie. Have they ever made a movie about this? Not that I know of. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe cool down maybe cool down media buys the rights. I mean. Be an interesting movie. Then we could sell those rights to Scorsese. Sure. We're listening, Marty. What do you got? 
You and uh, Miller Lite who want to buy cool down beers from us. <laughs> well, even even with this, there wasn't much of an investigation into the Solar Temple. And so on March 22nd, 1997, the deaths continued. And five more Solar Temple members committed suicide in Quebec. Three teenagers woke up to find that their parents had filled their house with propane tanks and tons of fire hazards like the stove was left on there was fight there was uh, like hot plates left out and shit like super fucking dangerous <laughs> when their parents explained to them that it was time to transition to serious these kids somehow convinced their parents to let them go how i read it was described it was it was like a it was like an all-day affair like a whole afternoon of like hey you know what you should just kind of let us go you guys wow. do your own thing Please let us leave. Mom, we don't want to live on Sirius. We want to stay here. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. The kids got out, but the fire worked, and investigators found five Solar Temple members upstairs dead with their bodies arranged in the shape of a cross with the mother of one of these members dead on the couch downstairs with a plastic bag on her head. Marked traitor. Her traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Goddamn, Mike. <laughs> got it. The Solar Temple was also based in Spain, and especially in the Canary Islands. In 1984, Luke Jure lectured on the island of Tenerife. So in 1998, this splinter sect that he kind of left behind was planning a, a ritualistic suicide in the Teed National Park. And from what I read, this was specifically, there's a volcano there, and there was going to be like this ritual, ritualistic suicide of just like jumping in the volcano kind of thing. Both Spain, because there was a lot of German people involved in this in this splinter sect. So both Spanish and German police were able to catch wind of this plan and stop them before it happened. And this would have trumped the original Solar Temple's victim count because this was over a hundred people. Wow! At this point, it lives on. Fun fact about Tenerife: it's the there's an air crash in the seventies, the most uh, most fatalities in aviation history. Really? Yeah. How many? Like 500-something. Damn. It was foggy, and a plane uh, thought they were clear for takeoff and tried to take off, but there was another, another. they were 747s, another one in the runway. Boom. All the people on the plane taking off died. I think most most on the, the plane that were sitting on the runway died. Like, only 60 people lived. Yeah. 550, 560. That is huge number. Like, I know we talk about a lot of terrible stuff on the show hearing like stuff like that is so terrifying awful. to me that oh i think there's video of it i'm too. going to it's to have a nightmare about that tonight yeah, about being on a plane because of this that is terrifying yep. plane crashes plane incidents that is awful yeah it is so terrifying enjoy plane crashes no well who does but <laughs> no one enjoys cult suicides either no. i'm just saying this is uh God De damn. Deadliest Thanks, uh, aviation. Thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, sure. Anything, anytime. Well, he knows because he vacations there at his vacation home. <laughs> I've over. never been to Tenerife. He knows all about He knows all their whole history, <laughs> but no, he doesn't own a vacation home there yet. <laughs> uh, at this point, I wouldn't fly in the Tenerife. Doesn't sound like they have a good yeah, track record. 40 something years ago. Still, you take that first flight. I'll follow you, Pally. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that gets my anxiety up just uh -oh, thinking about it. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> Like by this time in the story, the public was getting a little fed up with this whole murder suicide shit going on in Europe. Like everyone's like, "What the fuck's been happening for the past like 
four or five years here with all this. Like this is like yeah, these wackos are out of control. <laughs> yeah, so they they wanted somebody to blame, and I, like we said, Luke Jure is dead. Joseph Demambra is dead. So authorities pointed in a guy named Mikhail Tabachnik. He was an internationally renowned Swiss musician and conductor, and he was arrested as a leader of the Solar Temple. He was indicted for, quote, participation in a criminal organization and murder. He came in trial. He came like he came during his trial? <laughs> like a Peter Curtin every time he, he relived. Oh, 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 man. Oh, boy. Peter Curtin available in the archives. Remember that guy, Peter Curtin? Oh, yeah. He saw I, some yeah, blood yeah. and he'd fucking blow a load in his pants. He's the I, one that I killed like that duck by like the pond, right? Yeah, and yeah. when the blood started shooting out, he yeah. blew a load. He was blowing his load in court every day when they were uh, talking about his crimes. <laughs> That's uh, wait, I don't. Was that him blowing his load? Or was that him killing a duck? I can't. Tell. If you remember, we had to record that, re-record that episode because I was playing the orgasm uh, right. sound clip after all of his murders, and it did not go. Over it didn't very... translate well when there was children involved. It's not great. We may, yeah. Well, live and learn. Am I right? Hey, live K- and learn. Kayfabe, Dave. Shut up. Kayfabe. They don't even know that. It's one thing we do good at this podcast. We we re-listen to ourselves and then we. Uh, oh yeah. So believe it or not, folks, you're listening to the cleaned up version of our shows. <laughs> Just imagine what you don't hear. That's right. <laughs> Again, is that him jerking off or is that him killing a duck? I don't know. I don't know which one that is. (laughs) (laughs) So this this tavernic guy came to trial in France during the spring of 2001 and he was acquitted because, I mean, it's like if I was him, I'd be like, hey. I didn't fucking kill anyone. Like the fucking leaders are dead. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, don't blame me. The French prosecutors appealed against the verdict, and an appellate court was ordered. And a second trial began on October 24th, 2006, and he was again cleared in less than two months. And he was he was just out and ready to go on December, hmm. you know, in December 2006. And and I kind of agree with that. Like looking into it, it's like, hey, you know, fuck off, this guy. Uh, I mean, just because he was a part of it doesn't mean that he's responsible for for all this craziness that was happening i mean unless he really was yeah sure i mean unless he really was the way i read it the way i read it was that they just really wanted to look for somebody to blame for all this that that happens all the time sure that that's not fair to this guy and this guy's still alive is he is he doing interviews about any of this or is he pretty much sure not that i've seen there's like there's one documentary out there on on youtube about this and it's it's not very it's not great Uh, there's no book written on it as far as I could find it besides one. And it's still just in French. It hasn't been translated to English. Mm. There's really no information about this group other than like bits and pieces from here and there. And I, it, it really, uh, I don't know. It's disappointing because it's super interesting. I mean, this, this group is fascinating, all of it, but especially that Jesus painting. Dave yeah. really agree. Dave really wants that Jesus painting of himself. It's fucking badass. So he can sit in his it lounge. It seems like a lot of it. I it, I mean they they fully in wanted everything to be gone. 
They they yeah. didn't want anybody to find any information out about other than the testaments that they put out. That that's very clear. Yeah, that's um, a wild story for sure. It, it's super interesting because it goes from hey, we're not a cult, or you know, we're we only check off like two, maybe three of these these points to wait. Everybody's dying now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're like, checking more boxes now. Killed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Everybody's dying out here. So I it it's super. It's super, super interesting. But uh, yeah, that's the Solar Temple. Well, okay. more wackos. I don't know what to say, man. Yeah. Another cult in the books. Innocent people dying and weirdos dying and taking them all with them. I'm not joining a cult. No. No. Not my thing. Ian, you got anything else to add about the order of the Solar Temple? Anything else we should touch on or just make fun of or get into? I don't know if there's somebody over in France that listens to us and it gets a hold of that book. Like, do we have any French listeners? I know we have Australian. We have uh, like read that book and then like give me like the cliff notes on it in English. I would love it. There it is. That'd be amazing. So Ian's asking you to be his intern, his unpaid intern. If you're interested, (laughs) he's looking for an unpaid intern. Shout outs. uh, We got some new patrons. Thank you very much to Luke Ged. Charlene, Mel B, Josephine Glick, Haley Gaunt, Isaiah Gray, Nightmare 64, Jamie Birdridge, Kate Dunphy, Taylor Wills, Braxton R, Mercedes Lander, Jesse Hansen, Christine Ells, Latasha FC, Henry Selzer, Brittany Mills, Zach Zielinski, and Matthew Sullivan. Thank you guys very much for joining uh, Patreon. Uh, stay tuned. We're about to have an announcement about some uh, uh, new things coming to Patreon. Um, if you're interested, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what do you got for us? For iTunes, I have one for Swan Chris, SniperDog79, Angus7899, and Spalding67. Then I also have a shout out for Danny Mazek. She just launched her podcast, Hear No Evil. So everybody should go check that out. I helped her out with some stuff and have been helping her out with her artwork. So she has one episode up. I think she's going to release another one tomorrow. And she's available on Apple, Spotify, Google, CastBox, all the uh, all the good stuff. So go check out Danny's podcast at Hear No Evil. And then I also have one other shout out from Instagram for Art of Grace Meadows. She drew a pretty sweet picture of me with an alien, which was super awesome. I, I really like it. Yeah, she's it. doing some and sweet spe- photos of uh, us. I'm getting that tattooed on me, Ian. <laughs> Ian's face tattooed yeah, on Yeah, Ian you? And, the, and the alien. <laughs> I think we, and then, and then Ian will get me tattooed on him, <laughs> and I'll get you, Dave, tattooed on me. Well, that sounds great. Awesome. Can't wait to get my ass cheek with Dave's face on it. I will say, though, I mean, I was pretty impressed with my picture, but I was going through her artwork, and she has some really, really good stuff. I was checking out. She has a fucking awesome picture of Captain Marvel in there, in her Instagram. So, uh, so yeah, Art of Grace Meadows. She has some awesome artwork on there. Dave, what do you got for us? I got some tough names, guys, tonight, so stick with me on the pronunciation. Oh, I, I know it, Pally. Good luck. From Twitter, Sarah Emerson and eHalley16. From Instagram, Carly Girl, Baba Vesterka Tattoos. That's pretty good, huh? Well done. Ludza Kosick, Rachel Pugh, Alex Miller, Belsie Bubby, 
and my favorite vegan chef, Shanna Martinez. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Boom. With regards to Patreon, due to popular demand, we are going to be adding a new level of patronage. We're going to be adding a $10 level of patron patron patronage, I guess is the word, starting in May. So if you are interested, uh, the $10 level of Patreon will get you an early release on all of our Sunday episodes. There is no exact time frame, but you will get them at least a day ahead of time. Uh, the early releases, they will also be, I think it'll be ad-free. They will be ad-free yeah, yeah. as well. They will be ad-free early releases of our Patreon. You will also get a Necronomapod sticker, and you will get a exclusive download to a Necronomapod wallpaper for your smartphone, Android, or iPhone device. On top of that, you will get a one-time uh, per month Necronomapod video happy hour chat with myself, with Dave, and with Ian. We'll do a video chat with you guys for an hour. We'll drink. We'll answer questions. We'll hang out with you guys. Uh, it's kind of uh, a level up from the Discord that we already have where you go get to see us and we'll get the drink and maybe answer your questions or just talk to you guys and just bullshit for a while. So again, that'll be for a $10 a month uh, subscription to Patreon. Early release on episodes, uh, a one or a, a one hour happy hour video chat with us per month. You get some stickers and you'll get some. Uh, you get to download some wallpaper um, backgrounds for your phone. We've had some requests for this. We've held out for a little while because we weren't quite sure, but we think this might be worth it for uh, for people who are into it. So we're pretty excited about it. And that'll start in May. So as of May first, you can sign up for that on Patreon. You guys excited for that? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm 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 very excited for it. <laughs> I could tell by your voices. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I like the idea that floated out about maybe doing a power hour every once in a while for those video chats. Well, Dave and I, I do power hours all the time before yeah. shows. <laughs> you guys want to do a video power hour with Dave and I? Fuck yeah. For those of you that don't know what a power hour is, it is a shot of beer every minute for 60 minutes. So essentially it works out to a if you're doing a regular 1.5 ounce shot glass, it's about seven to eight beers in an hour. And we, Dave and I do them all the time. You listen to music, you do the, you throw the shots back. And even Ian recently has been doing a bunch with them. So you do them with all of us. That'd be a fucking hell of a Look time. Look at man. this great content we put out after we drink eight beers in an yeah. hour. I mean, it's fucking on. great. Am I right? <laughs> Who doesn't love this? Who doesn't love this shit? <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. that will be patreon.com slash Namapod starting in May. We will have the $10 tier for all of that uh, fun stuff. You can also still stay at the $5 tier. You will still still get the three bonus shows a month. And the $1 tier, you still get a shout out uh, when you subscribe. And thank you for helping us. So the $1, the $5, and the $10 tier. Do we want to talk about the million dollar tier? Go ahead, Dave. So we'll be putting in a million dollar tier. And any patrons at the million dollar tier... Mike will fly out to your town and he will have Chipotle lunch with you. And then he will eat your ass after that Chipotle lunch. That's the million dollar level, million yes. dollar level. And that's after a six month subscription. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. hundred percent. 
He's lying. It's fucking day one. He'll be on a. <laughs> we'll have his ass on a flight, eating your ass by sundown. You sign up for a million dollar subscription. I will pay my own way to your Chipotle. You buy your own burrito. I'll buy my own, and then I will eat your ass. You're gonna go. You're gonna go Dutch on lunch, and then you're gonna eat the ass. Right? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, that million dollars ain't coming out of my my share. If you're gonna pay for their lunch out of your share of that million, go ahead, Dave. I'll cover lunch. Okay, Dave lunch will cover your lunch. Dave will cover your lunch. So you show up, meet me at Chipotle, your local Chipotle. Dave will pay for your lunch. I'll put it on a Necronomic card. And then I'll eat your asshole for a million bucks. Thank you for patronage. That is per month. I mean, we that's a million bucks well, a month. I think they're going to cancel after the first month. Not after they taste this tongue. <laughs> after, well, after they feel they this tongue. They taste this tongue. Right. <laughs> Ian's like, done. Shut it down. Like they have to make out with you after you eat their ass? No, I won't make them do that. I won't make them do that. Okay. I wouldn't make them do that. Because then we might get a two, three months of for, for a million point two, you can taste my tongue afterwards. All right. At Ian, please. All right. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Necronomapod. I don't know why you would want to, but give us a follow after all this. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. We have all kinds of bonus content up. We just released a Jody Arias episode on Patreon that I think might be our most popular Patreon episode of all time. It was like two hours and 20 minutes long. It was it was thorough. It, it was, was good. We had good debate debates, and I think it might be our most popular episode of all time. I think I broke some people's brains when I said some irresponsible shit for the first time in this show. Yeah. For the if you want to hear Mike being the voice of reason for the first time ever, patreon.com slash necronomapod Jody Arias. <laughs> Next week we're probably gonna have a pretty fucking depressing topic for you, and then just wait till May. We got a whole month going on of good stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you guys then. <laughs> you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.